In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and today we're going to continue our discussions on digital advertising and the kind of leadership you need to have in this rapidly transitioning sector. But first, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in again. We have listeners from all over the world, so good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And a special welcome back to our returning listeners. And if you're new, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from artificial intelligence to data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and generational management and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And in this series, you can listen to great leadership advice success stories that you can learn from, stories that will motivate you and stimulate new ideas and possibly even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me, send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you want to hear about. Send me an email. And if you have a subject you want to hear on our show, let us know. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take home uh, something useful for yourself or your business. Now, on to this week. Last week we had an episode and we talked with author Kazim Aslam about the seven steps for successful digital marketing. And there's no place in the world where digital marketing is changing so rapidly and advancing so quickly as in the Middle East and African markets. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And this series is in preparation for our Localcom Cinda event, which is going to be held at Google's Middle East headquarters on March 6th and 7th in Dubai. And at that seminar, we're going to be exploring digital marketing in the Middle East. And we're also going to be listening to the speaker that we have on the show today. So the question is, why is Cinda going to Dubai, which is in the United Emirates? And I'm going to call that UAE from now on. And the UAE is the most advanced digital economy is one of the most advanced digital economies in the world, landing in the top 20 globally, and the leading country in digital competitiveness in the Middle East. And that's not just digital competitiveness, but it also extends to mobile digital competitiveness. And according to Marketer's Global Media Intelligence Report, mobile phone usage is skyrocketing in the Middle East and Africa. And that's hard to believe when it is already at a penetration of 218%, which is about 2.1 devices per one person. Now, this gives people a huge uh, opportunity for marketers to reach their consumers on the go and to get availability of information wherever you are. And in a recent global report by PwC on the state of media and entertainment industry forecasts the spend on Internet advertising in Middle East and they forecasted it grew from $707 million in 2013 to $2.46 billion in 2018. And it is forecasted to continue to grow. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What is happening in that region? And for that, we have an expert. And our expert is Zohair Heather. And he's a forward-thinking, cultured, and open-minded entrepreneur with great experience and stories to tell. He's scaling two startups, a brand marketing agency, 
digital agency in Dubai and an award-winning food tech product in Pakistan. His agency in Dubai is Digital Street and is a boutique brand marketing agency which has offices in Dubai and Islamabad. It is a great digital agency agnostic working with growth and enterprise businesses worldwide to build and mature grow and brands in a compelling cohesive and steady market presence in his past life he led digital transitions across southern asia launched a major telecom and he also built agricultural farming in the desert he has a ba from bucknell university in the united states and has built a career in digital strategy transformation and marketing and uses technology and communications to create intrinsic value and delightful human experiences so here welcome to the show hi kimberly so so here first tell us about this huge um mobile boom i mean to with the, with one of the highest penetrations in the world in your area can you tell us you know why is that is did everybody kind of skip uh just skip the generation of tablets and desktops uh, it's a great question actually and it's funny because um the total population of uh, you know the uae is not very much i think it's uh, you know probably in the region of about 18 to 20 million people uh, but the bulk of them are in places like dubai and abu dhabi mm-hmm. um it's interesting actually because the majority of the population is basically expat uh, i think about 85 to 90% of the total population of people who live here are actually from other countries they're not local um but the adoption of telecom services is basically from two main operators uh who basically have the majority of market share obviously what well, three there's a third one as well but um and it's i think the the reason why the high adoption is there is because of the transient nature of the economy uh in the sense that you have a lot of people from all over the world who are here to work and so they maintain connections back home families friends whatever and i think because of that they're connected their need to be connected in both the local context as well as the international context is extremely high more than it is probably in other countries mm-hmm. but that that would make sense and um um i mean that there's the penetration is really high and when when i think about that mobile penetration and then i think about the 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 predictions on the internet of things and it said that you know there's going to be 50 million objects that are going to be connected to the internet of things by 2020 um that's one year away and where does mobile fit in that and what's the impact that you're seeing in your region so i mean the numbers are going to continue to be staggeringly high and they're they're increasing on an exponential basis um and places like the middle east especially the gulf uh and if you zoom in even further and you look at places like saudi arabia or the united arab emirates um the adoption of high technology fourth fourth industrial wave you know technology artificial intelligence machine learning things like this are becoming Uh, everyday conversations um it's very unusual if you don't have at least one conference on one of these topics on a weekly basis um there is a high influx of people coming and going from this region and they're all talking about the same thing how can we create more uh integration of technology and human experiences but in a more seamless way so it's not like you know Uh, an introduction of robotics or you know a t2 terminator type uh, you know thoughts that people have but instead you see in dubai they have this uh, they have this government division called smart dubai it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a tied it's a separate division they have in they have its own sort of uh, you know leadership structure that reports into the uh, executive council of the uae and their goal is to basically make dubai one of the happiest cities in the world and it sounds like a very ambitious and ambiguous statement you know how do you how do you make the happiest city in the world i mean you know countries in in the nordic region tend to be very happy but what they're saying is they want to use technology and integrate it to make smart technology everyday life so that you can do your everyday stuff without having to spend time stressing over little things like hailing a cab or ordering your groceries or buying your you know you're doing your shopping online um but make it happen in such a way that people it's seamless and the seamlessness i think will alleviate people's daily pressures 
you know, they're spending so much time commuting from place to place, long distances, driving for many hours, staying away from family. And so the more you can reduce the time that they have to do uh, other things that take away from their happiness, the, the happier they're going to be. And I think this is kind of the essence of what smart Dubai and inter- the connectivity of things is really about with the, you know, uh, IoT. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this whole um, UAE's 20, uh, 2021 vision with the smart city is this seamless integration. And, and you would see with a with such high mobile penetration that fits perfectly together. And that's about this vision. And did they have a target, this 2021? I've heard that mentioned, vision 2021. What is that? So, yeah, it is actually, and uh, it is a target, and the UAE is synonymous with meeting their targets. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the most incredible things, I've lived here for close to seven years, and I have to say that in the seven years that I've been here, I've really learned to sort of learn and uh, love and respect um, uh, the way that they approach things. Um, Their whole whole approach to uh, creating a project and defining a deadline for it is based on obviously certain realistic and unrealistic factors as well, but they achieve them somehow or the other. So when they say they want to achieve a vision by 2021, it's going to happen. They will achieve certain aspects of it and they create a a roadmap and a project plan that, you know, is achievable. The reason why 2021 is significant is because that's their 50th anniversary. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's one of their major that's one of their major milestones as a country. They want to really advance very quickly. Um, they're building on legacy and history, but they're really trying to look into the fall into the future uh, very aggressively. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so, so, so here as they as they move towards this goal. OK. And, and you have a digital marketing agency. So for this seamless life experience, um, also you're going to have to adjust digital marketing. So what what is the changing face of digital marketing in this transitional period of trying to achieve this this smart city and smart lifestyle, I would say? It's uh, a great question, actually. So I, I feel like, I mean, there are two parts to this uh, sort of response. I think the first part is really kind of how uh, technology is, how pervasive technology is in everyday life and how people are trying to separate themselves from that. You know, the whole sort of digital detox, it's, mm-hmm. it's a big thing. Uh, people feel like the technology is consuming too much of their time and their energy. And so advertising then gets hit first because advertising generally bears the, the negative brunt of what digital technologies are kind of bringing to the table is your ability to reach your customers more aggressively. At the same time, the customer's like, I don't want to be reached by you unless I do. And then in that case, you have to be very specific, you know, so that's where retargeting and personalized uh, content delivery is very important. Um, But I do think that, you know, I think it all comes down to the idea of big data and how important mm-hmm. that is. And if you really understand it, and I'm not the expert, by the way, but I mean, I've spent some time dabbling with it. But, you know, it's like anything, like the law of averages. I mean, eventually, when you have enough information and you have the technology to be able to dissect and, and, and sort of uh, analyze it and create actionable insights from it, that technology, that data can actually help inform us about how to fine-tune the way that advertising and marketing works so that it actually complements the lives of people as opposed to disrupts it. But at the same time, it also needs to be sophisticated enough, you know, with artificial intelligence and, you know, using complex algorithms so that when people want the information, they get the information. And so it's almost like it's a a small joke. I'll kind of tell you on the side. I was visiting my team in uh, Pakistan about a week ago, and we were just doing some exercises, kind of simulating what if scenarios. And one of my team, um, you know, members, she said, um, you know, what if we were the client and they said that they want a website with like a button where it can read your thoughts. So the moment you think it, the button, (laughs) you know, there's a call to action that generates a a response. And I thought about it and I was like, you know, it seems really absurd right now, but a lot of what we're seeing today was absurd five years ago or maybe even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what's absurd anymore. And I think that the reality is that if we're, if we're good with the way that technology works with us or the way that we use technology, I think we can make it really, really intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so marketing will obviously ben- benefit from that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'd like to, we're going to, we're going to take a short break. Um, so here in a minute, and I'd like to come back to that in, in, in our, after the break, because I really like to think about you, you as a digital marketer, what do you think the possibilities are and how are SMBs and, and brands reacting to this? I mean, are they accepting it at different um, rates of speed? Or are they accepting different channels, trends more than other? But we're going to, for now, we're going to take a short break. And for our listeners, we are talking with Zohir Heather, and he is a forward-thinking, cultured, open-minded entrepreneur in Dubai, and that's in the United Arab Emirates. And he's scaling two startups, and one of them is a brand marketing agency called Digital Street, who is dealing and working with companies on getting digital presence in this rapidly changing uh, rapidly changing world. So if you want to reach out to Zohair, you can reach out to him at www.zohair.com. That's Z-O-H-A-R-E. Digital Street is at www.digital.st. And Digital Street is on Facebook and on all social media. And the handle is on Digital Street. And you can also reach out to Zohair personally on Twitter and on Instagram under J-J-B-A-Y-B-E-E. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership trainer and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And also please go to www.cinda.com. Com. And CINDA is the Search and Information Association of Europe, who's going to be holding a conference in Dubai from March 6th to 7th at the Google Middle Eastern headquarters. So go on to www.cinda.com events if you'd like to join us there and hear Zohair in person. And we'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're speaking with Zohir Heather. He's a forward-thinking, cultured, open-minded entrepreneur who really has great stories to tell and great insights, as we just heard. Now, Zohair has a brand marketing agency in Dubai and is dealing with the 
rapid digital transition as the UAE, as we said earlier, is one of the top 20 global leading countries in digital competitiveness and also the top country in the Middle East. Now, Zohair, we're talking, um, welcome back, and we're talking about, you know, this rapid change that you have and, and this ambition for UAE to have this kind of seamless experience, which goes hand in hand with the, the high mobile penetration that you have. And we were talking a little bit about how digital marketing is changing. So you that example with uh, your, one of your team members saying, press the button and is the website going to say what I'm thinking? Um, what do you see? What are the trends that you see in, in AI and how is that integrating into digital marketing? Um, well, I mean, I think we still have a long way to go before we see, uh, you know, AI really playing a very sort of everyday role in marketing uh, in the region right now. So, I mean, just to kind of set the record straight, it's um, there is there are parallel streams of activity that are happening. So not everybody is impacted by the sort of high tech uh, nature of things in the region. You have a very big population that is blue collar and they're coming in from third world countries like my own, actually. Um, and they're, you know, working. Um, and earning, you know, good money here, but they're not—they're not at the end of that unless they're using, you know, sort of over-the-top communication tools like WhatsApp mm-hmm. or you know other sort of chat services. But I think that on the back of all of that, I think the technologies that are powering all of this, whether it's owned by Facebook or Google or Microsoft, um, you know, the the work that they're putting into, uh, you know making their technology more effective and more smart uh, for these people to be able to use it, uh, whether it's cheap communication or or it's the ability to transfer, you know, high quality media content very quickly, because that's also a form of communication. Um, Mm -hmm. That I think overall, the way that technology is sort of culminating is very interesting. And it all depends on obviously the consumption of that content, uh, the the media. But um, I think it's important to note also that there is a very large mix of people from so many different parts of the world. Most of them are actually coming in from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. That makes up a very large portion of the population. And um, their needs and their consumptions are not necessarily as sophisticated as maybe mm-hmm. that of Western Europe or North America, where you know, you'll have Ubers and things like that originating from. But then at the same time, when they come to a place like Dubai, there's suddenly this sort of access to these things. Um, the local player, for example, Kareem, which is the, sorry, the local uh, Uber equivalent and a very strong competitor, they have uh, their base of operations out of Pakistan, but they're actually a UAE-based company. And they're in, like I think, in like 100 cities or something already, 120 cities in the world. And so they're growing and they're using great technology, artificial intelligence, and their advertising. Um, but I think the way that all of this kind of comes together is really sort of dependent at the end of the day, uh, how people want to consume that, uh, that media and that content. Mm-hmm. But there is there is a lot of there is a lot of investment um, in the area um, with tech initiatives and um, and into AI and machine learning. So as you're saying, there's kind of a couple tiers, and and I think that's any place. So here, to be honest yeah. with you, I mean, you know, it it doesn't just have to be in UAE. This is in Germany. I see it in UK. So two tiers, um, but there are there is a lot of investment coming into the area, though. Oh, yeah, uh, big time. And in fact, I mean, you can see this because um, uh, one of the big trends in the region is for people, individuals, um, you know, after getting an education, maybe after a year or two or uh, not even, is to start their own company. Um, and most of these people are getting into the tech space. Um, in fact, one of my clients, uh, Dubai Silicon Oasis, uh, they have this uh, division called Dubai Technology Entrepreneur Campus, which is a tech hub. It's the biggest in the MENA region. They have over 800 startups, and they're all tech startups. And, you know, in the, in the entire split of startups, uh, we work with them very closely on, you know, their marketing and, and sort of uh, analyzing their community and the division of uh, services that are, are products that are, that are being developed. And there's a lot of companies that are doing things with machine learning, with artificial intelligence, with IoT, with blockchain. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, one of their accelerator 
uh, programs, uh, which is co-managed with Startup Bootcamp, which is a global accelerator program. The one that they house at DTech, uh, at the Biotechnology Entrepreneur Campus in Silicon Oasis, is focused on smart cities. And so they have, I think, eight different sort of areas of smart city uh, technology that they want to uh, enable startups to build businesses around. And so there's this emergence of young entrepreneurs and a focus on using technology or building technology and then how those things can facilitate people's lives and make them better. It doesn't matter what strata of life they're from. And mm-hmm. so the money that's coming in following that with VCs, uh, with private individuals, with angel funds is enormous. I mean, we're talking billions of dollars. And um, it's, it's interesting to see how it's going from like a lot of cash and not knowing what to do with it to a lot of cash and having so many options of where to put it and to be mm-hmm. able to sort of catalyze this this uh, mm-hmm. emergence of tech. Mm-hmm. You might be motivating people to move to Dubai right now, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I visited there a couple of weeks ago, and it's fantastic. Um, so, so yeah, with all this stuff going on, I mean, this is a really lot. But when it when it comes down to digital marketing, and 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 you have one of the top agencies in in Dubai, um, you know, we we still see what I kind of consider two tiers. You kind of have the bigger companies with the brands, and the SMBs, which would be small and business, small and medium businesses. Okay, so. What do you see the biggest challenge for these two sectors are? I mean, let's start with the bigger companies, the brands, with all these options going on. What are they? What What are the trends there in digital marketing with them? So, um, you know, a five-second background. So, you know, my 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 background professionally is um, in digital transformation and marketing, and so I spent a lot of time with large companies like you know telecom operators and uh, you know educational institutions. And so now, you know, as I'm running an agency and I'm dealing with the same kind of profile of organizations on one end, and then I also deal with uh, SMBs or SMEs as we call them here, but you know, smaller sort of ent- uh, entities, uh, and they're kind of capped off at how much income they have um, mm-hmm. in an annual, on an annual basis. And there is a interesting variance between the two. So on one spectrum, I'll give you the example. We have a client, Unilever Golf, which you know, for whom we run a lot of corporate d- digital campaigns. Uh, and they're not sort of PNL impacting, you know, so they don't affect like profit and loss. They're mostly like right. around their sort of uh, their organizational strategy and mission. And so they're using, they're very interesting because they let, they let, they let us drive the conversation and the strategy. So they'll come to us and say, listen, this is our campaign concept, or this is what we want to build a campaign around. Give us an innovative way to deliver this to the people that we want to reach. And so we'll go back to them and say, for example, and this is kind of, they're out of their depth, which is really interesting because it's, you know, for us as a small agency, we're able to kind of innovate with a large organization who gives us the freedom to do that and they trust that we'll help them achieve their results. And so we'll do a small campaign with where we're using Instagram and the, and we're using, you know, publishing on a regular feed and then posting on stories as a way of garnering. Like, so you're kind of like a table tennis match between the two formats of media that Instagram allows. And for them, they're like, wow, this is exciting because they want to reach a target audience of influential women who are making household-based decisions to buy their consumer products. Mm-hmm. And so this is garnering excitement from them where they're not asked to buy anything but they are engaging with the brand. And so the brand gets this really great positive recall. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, you have smaller companies that are, and so just to kind of close on the first one, the larger companies have more money to play with. So they're willing to take more risks. The only thing that they're kind of getting out there, they have to get comfortable with doing something that they've never done before, something that's unfamiliar to them. On the other hand, you have smaller companies that are, they are very innovative. They're cutting edge. They're really sort of plugged into the future of now and all of that. But budgets are restricted because they have very limited funds. They're not able to take as many risks because they have to do things that will actually have immediate impact now. And so the challenge with that is how do you bridge that gap? And so one of the things that we work on very closely with both kinds of customers is we try and find ways where we can actually kind of make introductions or try and facilitate common areas between two kind of clients that we have to help them sort of work together or collaborate. And we've had a couple of examples of this, which have, I mean, they've, they've, they've borne some early fruit, which is very nice to see, but they're very experimental as well. But I think the opportunity is really to kind of help bridge those gaps and, you know, where we sit in the middle to help see both sides and see where we can actually see efficiency of spending money, 
using high technology or good you know methods of marketing today that helps both organizations achieve their goals mm-hmm. and and can i ask one question i really have is is um you said that there's a lot of smbs or smes as as you call them that are, are quite sophisticated um a lot of of the experience that we have in other parts of the world, and, and that's wondering if it's different or if it's alike, um, is that some of those SMBs and some of those SMEs are not that sophisticated. And this whole digital transition is is really complicated for them. Okay? They really don't know, you know where to begin. Are you also dealing with that? And if you are, you know, how, how do you bring digitalization and marketing across to them? That's a that's a really really great question. So um, to give you a little bit of context, with especially with Dubai, so Dubai has always been a trading post. I mean, and historically, you know, it's it's become famous now in the last few years because of the Burj Khalifa and because of the Palm and all those other fantastic things at mm. Emirates Airlines. But if you go back a few years, maybe more than fifty years back, you know, this was a society of traders and pearl divers, and so you know, very small sort of tribes. Some areas were nomadic. And so there was a lot of people passing through these areas. And so over time, as people started to travel less and stay put and, you know, start to kind of make the buyer, this region or this area, their home base to work from, you know, that kind of drew or attracted a lot of people from other parts of the world. And so if you fast forward, if, you know, if you zoom, uh, zoom back to like maybe the seventies and use and the eighties, you'll see an emergence of traders who are settling here from South Asia and from other parts of the neighboring region where they're trading uh, commodities, you know, like fabrics mm-hmm. and textiles and, you know, uh, spices and things like that. There are, so what we're seeing now, if you if you zoom into today, is that a lot of these organizations kind of did so well for those many years, they didn't really adopt digital as a as a way of mm. doing business. You know, for them, they're offline. They rely on handshakes and credit notes and conversations. And, you know, there's a sort of traditional, but there is suddenly now a need for them to have a website or to be on social media or to learn how to post something online or write an article. And, you know, so there's this massive a need for transformation to happen at that level, but it's a very difficult kind of transformation because it's not like a corporate that says, we need digital transformation. We're going to invest a million dollars. We're going to hire a great team of people. We're going to put in some technology and we're going to, you know, embrace us, embrace the new world. Mm. But then you have these small businesses that don't have the resources. They don't know where to look and it's expensive to service them as well, which is also one of the challenges because as an agency, I need to look at economies of scale and where can I provide most efficient services at the best cost for them, but then also be able to stay in business or do really well myself. And so there's this kind of, I mean, I wouldn't call it this factor of greed because it's just the nature of mm-hmm. things, but you know, you need to look at what's profitable and what's appropriate. And so what we do as an agency ourselves, and we can't do this with everybody, of course, is like we work with small startups that we can't afford to service because it's too expensive for us and for them to hire us. And so we give them uh, some like consulting or mentorship hours uh, on a weekly basis. They can come and get half an hour, you know, 60 minutes of like ideas. They can come to us with a problem and we'll help them solve it. And so we've done this with a few and it's, I mean, it's, it's something that requires maintenance and time and it's not always possible, but um, you know, it's our way of trying to contribute and trying to help because it can't always be about invoicing and, and charging. And so there's mm-hmm. this need for goodwill to be a very important part because at the end of the day, they are going to form a important part of the economy today, tomorrow, and day after. And so we need to bring them along because the whole economy needs to move together. It can't just be, I'm ahead of the race and I can, you know, sort of do whatever I want, but the people who are doing business in an old world style, you know, it's their problem. So I think yeah. there's this, there's this need to kind of that, that transcendence of knowledge and information has to happen. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a big responsibility. So the government plays a big role in this, by the way, as well, by enabling uh, with services and yeah, that's that. That's a great contribution because it is hard. You know, it is hard for these smaller businesses to make this transition, and um, that's what I want to talk about a little bit. You know, kind of what's the easiest way? What are the trends? You know, is it easy to get the website out video? But we're going to talk about that when uh, after our break, uh, Zohair. So we're going to take a quick break now. And for our listeners, we are talking to Zohair Heather, and he is the owner of Digital Street, a boutique brand marketing agency with offices in Dubai and Islamabad. And Zohair can be reached at his private website at www.zohare.com and visit Digital Street, and that's www.digital.com. 
S-T. And also, you can visit them on Facebook and on all social media under On Digital Street. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and you can connect with me with questions and comments at Leadership Beyond Borders at gmail.com. You can also reach me through the Search and Information Industry Association of Europe at Kimberly at Cinda. And we're going to be going to Dubai. And Zoe here is going to be speaking at our conference on March 6th and 7th at the Middle East Dern headquarters of Google. So please visit us that. And for now, we're just going to take a quick break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we're talking with Zohair Heather, and he is the owner of Digital Street, which is a boutique brand marketing agency with offices in Dubai and Islamabad. And we're talking about, we've been talking about this exciting region in the UAE, which is growing in one of the top digital regions in the world, landing in the top 20 and the top in the Middle East. So, so here, you're giving us incredible information about doing business in this region and about digital marketing and advancement of this in this region. And I just want to, I want to stay, we, we talked a little bit about the, uh, your support of the small and medium business enterprises in the region. And I want to come back to that because that is also so important because these SMBs and SMEs, they're the background, background, backbone, excuse me, <laughs> listeners of the economies, okay? And um, what are you seeing in trends? I mean, if when they're coming in, are you telling them, you know, get a website up, do video? I mean, where do you suggest them to start? So, I mean, for me, it's kind of always been the same, whether I was doing this as a service provider, as an entrepreneur, or whether I was working with an organization. Um, You know, for me, uh, the strategy always starts with the basics. Um, What do you have right now? What have you done? And what do you want to achieve as a business? So I think usually what happens is that people come with this expectation that I need to have a website because somebody told me, or I need to be on social media because that's what everybody else is doing. But instead, what we try to do, and this is why we call ourselves a brand marketing agency and not a digital agency, mm-hmm. um, because A, we want, to slightly, we want to get someone's attention and we want to be different, right? And the reason is because we start with the brand. What's the brand about? What's your business? If you're selling fans or if you're you know, in the business of putting light poles up on streets, um, you need to first understand exactly what your own business goals are and what technologies can enable that. 
sure, everybody's on all kinds of, uh, you know, websites and social media, but is that something that you need to do? And if it is, then think through the logic of that because people come with this misconception that, you know, it's free to open a Facebook page, so I should do that. There's resource and intensity behind that. You have to plan content. And so what we typically try to do is break down their barriers and their, their sort of thought process to very basic ground realities and tell them, look, you need to start with the basics and you think first about what you want to do as a business. Forget about the, what we do as a service provider. We will. Our job is to look in our in our toolkit and see what skills and services we can offer to help you achieve your business goals. Because if you're biased by what you want to do because somebody told you that's a good thing to do, then that's not a good business decision. Mm. So we we really kind of try and um, you know a word that I like to use demystify digital is that this sort of enchantment that people have with being online or you know using technology i say you know what just think about it from a very layman point of view and let's approach it from there um, because then you'll always keep your customers in mind as well because you have to remember that your customers even if you become sophisticated in this area of marketing or using tools to achieve greater reach your customers still may be very layman so you need to remember that you need to keep your things as you know simple as possible mm-hmm. um, But in terms of trends of things, I think one of the things is, of course, I mean, having a website is important. Being on social media is important. But how you use social media is very important. Being effective with it, you know, engaging your community, uh, not over-publishing, not under-publishing content, using the right mix of media, stills, visuals, not, you know, too much graphics, using some good natural content, you know, pictures that don't have too much graphic manipulation on them. But one of the key drivers for me and one of the things that I really work, that my agency works on very much is video video content and video is it doesn't matter how good quality it is I actually tell people that you don't have to have high-end equipment you don't have to have a professional editor you can use free tools and you know your cell phone and shoot something and have it up you know in minutes uh, just use video you know learn to capture video because when you practice and play with video it actually helps you to think about things from a different point of view it, it helps you frame things in a more inclusive way uh, that's more engaging for your audiences and that can help tell a better brand story for you Mm-hmm. And and with this video, and I heard you say when you're talking about brands, are you using um, narratives? Because you talked about the brand and what it what sounded to me was kind of the story and the narrative. And, and you're connecting narrative and content with these videos for, for both your brands and for your SMBs? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing is that at the heart of every message that you're trying to get out, uh, there has to be this... Uh, there has to be this core and that core is going to come from the narrative, uh, you know, as an organization or as a brand or as a business, what is my, what, what do my core values mean? I mean, people use, you know, their website, they have their about us section, they'll put it for great core values. Right. But what do they really mean? Like, how do you translate that into a narrative that then connects with your customers? Mm-hmm. And so it's sometimes it's really just about stringing the, together the basics or the logical stuff, you know, things that we take for granted that just because we have them, we don't need to use them properly, but, you know, developing key statements and, and, in using and using strong good language you know twitter i think is always a great example of this for me i've always been a big fan of and i don't like the fact that they've increased the character limit i loved it in the days of like uh you know 140 characters because for me it was like how can you use less words to say more and how can you be more effective in your communication i think that you know, it's really important to train people. But then I think it's also difficult because not everybody's able to do that. So then you need specialists. And then, you know, so there's, there is a complex dynamic, but it's kind of a constant tug of war that, you know, you need to sort of be agile with and kind of, uh, you know, ready to roll with the punches, so to speak. Yeah. And and that's important. And with the narrative also comes personalization. And that, that was my next question is, is, you know, how important do you think? I mean, me, if I'm sitting in the consumer chair here and not not in the the role of Cinda or the role of um, an agency, you know, how important uh, and do you think personalization is and, and actually reaching out to that person and, and and talking to them in the entire marketing experience now? I think the obvious answer is that it ex- it's extremely important and it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, how can it not be? But I right. I would like to propose the alternative as well. I think that um, in, the, in, the, in the pursuit of personalization, we also end up alienating people from certain things that they might love to discover, mm-hmm. but they can't. Because, so I think there's this balance between discovery and personalization. 
Um, and it's something that I think about a lot because of my food tech business in Pakistan, which is basically like a restaurant uh, discovery platform, um, trying to document all the restaurants of the country. And one of the things that I deal with a lot is looking at personalization and looking at how information is curated. And I think part of the challenge with curation is, you know, unlike an art gallery where you only have to look at 10 pieces of art or 20 pieces of art from a certain artist, here is this plethora of content and information in the billions. And then technology and AI and people who are writing algorithms are basically required to sift through all of that and expectantly for, you know, reduce the noise so that we only see the things that we want to see. But the thing, the thing is, we have to participate and engage with that content in order for that personalization to occur, right? So personalization is not something that happens at the flip of a switch. It's it's a process. It's a learning activity. Um, so Netflix, for example, I think is a great example. My wife and I are constantly struggling with this. We used to love Netflix back in the day when it was easier. For, content was just <laughs> content, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like Netflix is telling me what to watch. And right. I'm like, you know, no, I want to watch something that's different. I want to discover something that's accidental and something unusual. And so I think there's this, there's a, there's a danger. And I think that businesses need to be conscientious about how much personalization is too much personalization and where we need to let things just kind of be happenstance or just, you know, oops, wow, look at what I found. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, because we don't know what we want always. We know some of what we want. We, we have preferences but then those cannot continue to box us in because eventually what's going to happen is like those, those Russian nesting dolls, I forget what you call them, but yeah. you know, you're going to end up in reverse. You're going to end up going into smaller and smaller spaces until there's nothing left to personalize. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah. Fantastic advice. I, I, I am so happy you said that. I can agree with you. You know, a hundred percent because I, I don't like getting boxed in either because sometimes if I get those messages, well, I do want something else, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. really, really, really good for the people listening. Um, so here, we're getting towards the end of our show and um, I, I'd like to wrap up with, with a, a couple words of advice from you. And so first to the companies out there who are who are doing business um bit larger companies brands uh, you know what do you think what w- would be you know one or two tips of advice as they're planning their marketing strategies and as they're planning marketing strategies in your region um uh, well thank you very much for the opportunity to share some advice um you know it's uh, i i often struggle with uh being able to form good advice because i'm always afraid i don't want to give people bad advice and so <laughs> I end up avoiding it as much as possible. But, um, you know, so I think one of the most important things that works really, really well for me is, of course, and I think it goes without saying, is know your audience. So if you're if you're thinking about running a business in the Middle East or if you're thinking about coming here uh, to check it out or if you already have a business and you're thinking about how to improve things, the first thing is you need to know the audience. So the audience of MENA especially, I mean, it's one of the most active regions online uh, globally. And, uh, you know, it's important to remember, so there's some key stats you need to keep in mind. There's approximately 40% of the entire MENA region has access to the internet, right? And that's like 17, 18 countries. Most of the languages, most of the countries here speak Arabic, where you've got a few countries that might have some French influence as well. But the division of language and content is very important. So I think when you're planning your content strategy or you're thinking about how to make a mark Think about an even split between your English and your Arabic uh, content. And so invest in localization and local knowledge. And then, you know, even with Arabic, there's no one size fits all with Arabic. There are different varieties of Arabic as well. And there's different slangs and sort of, you know, um, uh, uh, terms that, you know, you need to be familiar with. There's a way the language works. You know, one thing means a different thing in two different countries. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's important to know your audience and learn about the audience and try and cater to them because they are also very... Um, they're very family oriented. They're very cultured in, in a very kind of a different way than uh, audiences in North America and Western Europe might be familiar with. Um, it's not better or worse. I would never say that, but it's different. And that difference is something that we need to embrace and appreciate and, and try and figure out exactly what is it you can do to enable or empower their everyday life. That's the first thing. And I think the second thing is, um, you know, there is an emergence of technology, and I think that using technology to reach people is a great way of doing it, but there's also nothing wrong with boots on the ground. I, I think that it's also important to remind people that places like Dubai are attracting a lot of people from all over the world, and so they're bringing their own ideas and their own thoughts as well and their own experiences. And so, for example, in Dubai, just because we have 
uh, Hyperloop One, which is going to transport people from Dubai to Abu Dhabi in like less than 12 minutes, which is insane because the actual driving distance is about a, about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, you know, and you have other kinds of insane technologies. Dubai wants to be on the moon in 100 years, but at the same time, outdoor advertising or guerrilla marketing or just you know BTL activations, you know, talking to people face to face, shaking hands. That's a very that's still a very desirable way of engaging and uh, participating in the marketing space. Um, so don't dismiss uh, anything. Always consider that what you're going to try to do has to consider all the different aspects. Be efficient. You know, don't go on television because everybody's doing it. <laughs> Nobody's doing it, actually, <laughs> um, unless you're a big FMCG. Uh, but create good content, localize the content and know your audience. Um, and then, of course, you know, try and keep a good marketing mix in your in your goodie bag. Um, and I think it'll be good. Okay, great. Super advice to end on today. And I'd like to tell our listeners, we've been listening to Zohir Heather, and he is a forward-thinking, cultural, and open-minded entrepreneur. And it's been a great interview, Zohir. Thank you so much. And we can tell our audience they can come see you, too, because you'll be speaking at the CINDA conference, CINDA Local Com conference, on March 6th and 7th. That's going to be located in Dubai at the Google headquarters. And I can't wait to see you and have you there, Zohir. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview this evening. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Kimberly. It's been wonderful talking with you. And I hope your audiences uh, are able to take away some some useful stuff. They can get in touch with me if they need clarification. If they don't agree with something I've said, come forward and tell me, and I'm happy to change my point of view. <laughs> so for our audience, one more time, you can reach out to Zohir. And Zohir, you can reach out on his website, which is www.zohare.com. And also through his brand marketing agency's website, which is www.digital.st. You can also reach out to them on social media. And all the social media is under ondigital.st. And also you can reach out to Zohir on Instagram and Twitter privately. And that's under J-J-B-A-Y-B-E-E. And also, I'd like to spell Zohia Heather for our listeners. So the spelling is Z-O-H-A-R-E-H, and then the second name is H-A-I-D-E-R. So please reach out to him. He'd look forward to hearing from you or come to Cinda and meet Zohir in person. So once again, Zohir, thank you. Thank you. And for our listeners today, you've been listening to Leadership Beyond Borders as a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and CINDA, the Search and Information Industry Association. If you're interested in digital marketing and you're an agency or a reseller, join CINDA under www.cinda.com. And as I said, CINDA also holds conferences, and our next conference will be held March 6th and 7th in Dubai at the Google Middle East headquarters. And our Large conference is April 10th to 12th in London, and it'll be held at the London Paddington. You can see all of our conferences under www.cinda.com slash events. And please contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis. Please send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or at Kimberly at cinda.com and visit my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. You can find us also on Facebook under at Follow Cinda and at Leadership Beyond Borders. And please don't forget to tune in to us each week, Tuesdays, 3 p.m. specific time, or download us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And with that, thank you for listening this week, and please tune in to us again next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.